Third and four for the Eagles here. Murphy in shotgun. Here's the snap. He rolls left. He throws. Welcome to the WZBC Sports Podcast, episode 14. My name is Stephen Mackley, joined by my friend and colleague Kyle Maslin, breaking down, Kyle, what really can only be described as a disappointing loss. Uh, tonight, BC basketball goes down to Atlanta and loses uh, you know, a really poor second half game, uh, 65-54. Georgia Tech scores 50 points. In the second half, only 15 in the first half, but outscores BC by 18 in the second half to win this game by 11. Uh, really tough game all around. Jerome Robinson leading scorer with 17 points. Uh, he was 7 of 16 uh, from the floor. Uh, only one turnover, but fouled out late in the game. I would, I would say, you know, he played pretty well. Uh, Kai Bowman, 13 points, and then kind of after that, next closest guy was six. That was Tavy and Jeffers. Uh, that was the first time we saw Connor Tavy not in the starting lineup. It was Chapman and Turner who started. Um, but really just a tough loss. Uh, the team was simply outplayed in the second half. So what were some of your reactions kind of following up um, on, you know, a, a tough game? BC's now 2-11 in conference. I mean, they're really on a slide right now. Yeah, and this makes it nine straight losses for the Eagles since they beat NC State back in early January. And Robbins was really the only one who say had a good game. I mean, Bowen's stat line isn't ugly, but I don't think people watching would have said it was anywhere near his best game of the season. He was absent for large stretches. And beyond that, you didn't really see much productivity out of any of the Eagles. Turner in the starting lineup hit a, th- a three early on, but that was about it. Tavy had a couple, all six points toward in the first half. He didn't score at all in the second half. Jeffers had an okay game by his standards, but nothing great. I mean, you, you saw Mike Seguin for a little bit, and he he's just raw. You don't expect much more out of him than what you saw. A couple ups, a couple downs. Yeah, I think Seguin provides a nice spark, almost. I mean, I, I do think that he he is raw out there, and he's going to make a lot of mistakes, but there there's something a little bit different out there when he's in the lineup. Um, there's more athleticism. Yeah, you know, and I mean – it's this is tough to say, but let's look at AJ Turner for a second. Because uh, I'm going to bring it back to Mike Segay. Uh, Turner plays 31 minutes. He gets a start tonight after I guess maybe three or three, three or four games not starting ever since the Virginia Tech game. Yeah, so Chapman was in the starting lineup. Both were starting lineups tonight. It was Tavy that got moved to the bench, but 31 minutes. He was only two of 11 from the field, one of eight from three, one of eight. I mean, H- and I, I like Turner shooting. Turner's improved his shot. I, I'm not. I'm okay with him shooting the three, but one of eight, uh, four defensive rebounds, one turnover, um, but no assists. Uh, so that kind of hurts his turnover ratio, which was the highest in the ACC, and only five points. You know, am I crazy to say that AJ Turner maybe like, or a better way to put it is, is this lineup better when Mike Segay is taking AJ Turner's spot? I mean, it's not been a good streak for, for A.J. Turner. 
It's not been good at all when you go to the last two games. A.J. Turner, you said he was 1 for 8 today. He was 0 for 4 against Pittsburgh coming off the bench playing 20 minutes. He had two assists and one rebound in that game. It's just back-to-back, just very poor games from the sophomore who was a four-star recruit. He was recruited as a teammate and comparable player to Tyler Lydon at Syracuse. Who's having a very good year for the Orange. He's a good player. And Turner just hasn't developed the same way that his fr- friend Jerome Robinson has, who was recruited as a three-star. And Robinson just outperformed Turner since they've been on the heights. And everyone was talking about it was being Turner and Jerome to lead this program going forward. Now it's looking like it's uh, Robinson and Bowman is going to be the key cogs. And Turner right now, he's playing his way out of starting lineup for the future. It's a gay if he develops and can learn the plays and just take steps in the right direction could supplant Turner next year if he doesn't take big leaps soon. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, Turner's spot is not safe on this team in terms of playing time. He just, he really has struggled recently and I think the big knock on him and Chapman are they're just not competitive players. And I don't mean that in the sense that they're not trying. I think they're really trying hard. They don't have that fire in their eyes, though, that, that Robinson does. And we'll get to Robinson's passion in a second because that's, impo- that's an important takeaway from this game. But they're just they're not, they're not competitive. They don't, they don't have that will out there. I think they want to win. They, they hustle. They work hard. The whole team hustles. I don't ever question usually their effort. But Turner just doesn't have that fire in his eyes, and and oftentimes he gets beat because of it. I mean, that's you you at this level you need to have an extreme competitiveness, and AJ Turner does not exemplify it at all. Yeah, this goes back to I was just thinking about something that my high school coach were talking about motivation and competitiveness. There are two types of people. There are people who love to win. There are people that hate to lose. I don't point. see many people on this team who hate to lose. And when you see the most successful people, those are the people that hate losing and will do everything in their power to prevent themselves from losing. Loving to win, everyone loves to win. The joy of winning is the joy of winning. That's universal. Yeah. But the hate of the loss is something unique to the, the great competitors in sports and, every, and really any other t- part of life is that hate to, hateness of loss and doing everything to prevent yourself from going through that pain. Yeah, that's a great point. And let's take that and look at Jerome Robinson. Jerome Robinson fouls out with, what, maybe a minute and a half to go. He was really mad. He was, he was mad. He was angry. He was yelling. Um, he got to the bench, was not happy. Put it, you know, very, very visit, visibly angry. And you know what? I'm glad to see it. I want to see that because he is a leader of this team. And, and he played well tonight. Uh, you know, Jerome Robinson might get criticism because <laughs> – he is the leader of this team, and they're not going well, but he is a good player. He's good at getting his own shot. There's things that he can work on, but I'm proud of him this year. I love this. He's, he's taken huge leaps, and the team is not moving forward with him. I mean, Bowman, I think, is to a point, but the rest of the guys aren't, and he was not happy tonight. And I, I think even more so than it just being another loss, they were up what, 15, yeah, they're, they're 20 to 5. 25 to start the game. And, uh, you know, they lose by 11. I think we're down at, at Pines probably by 15 or 16. And so, I mean, that, that, that is a, a shocking turnaround. Uh, I mean, I think they were outscored thir- by 30 points at, at one point in the game. Yeah, with about a, a minute or a minute and a half left, they had been, from that 20 to 5 point, they had been outscored by 30. I believe it was 57 to 27 over about, let's say, a 35, 40-minute stretch. 
No, not four minutes. I was a four-minute game. So let's say it's a, it was a 30-minute stretch. 30-minute stretch, probably, yeah. Um, but is is this a, is this a, a good sign that Robinson is visibly mad? Because we don't see that much. I mean, this team just isn't very... Uh, inspiring is not the right word, but they don't they don't bring out like a ton of passion. And again, don't get that confused with not working hard. I think this team is working hard, but they don't have that will to win. And if anyone has it, I think it's Jerome Robinson and Bowman to a point. But he he sometimes over hustles almost, uh, and I don't think he knows how to fully win these games yet. But Robinson's been here for a year, so what, what do you make of him being mad like that at the end of the game? Is he one of these guys that you would say hates to lose? I would agree that one hundred percent. I think I think Bowman also. Hates to lose. I think Bowman needs to understand how to fine tune his, his hatred of loss to be the most productive for the team. But I, I would say the two guys that I've visibly seen it are Robinson and Bowman. And Robinson was here all of last year for the very disappointing year that was had, led by Eli Carter and D League All Star Dennis Clifford. Yeah, look at him playing for the Santa Cruz Warriors. But Robinson was hurt a lot of that time. Yeah. And he, I remember because he lived on the hall from me. He had the, he had the knee, ankle injury, I believe it was. It's, well, no, it was it was turning their ankle injury because Robinson hurt his wrist against it was, Miami. It was, a, it was a fractured wrist. That's what yeah. it was. I'm sorry. Turner had the ankle injury. And he did a lot of watching from the sideline. And he did a lot of watching the games and understanding the games and conceptualizing the losses. And he came into this year. He was really almost the unquestioned leader because most of the upperclassmen, except for Garland Owens, were transfers. Tavy and Jeffers came from other schools. So it's really hard for a transfer to come in and be the galvanizing leader. And Robinson, was, everyone knew he was the best player on the team entering this year. Last year, he'd outplayed Turner, and everyone was saying, Robinson's going to be the best player, and Turner's going to be his too. And then you were going to have the, point, the new freshman point guards learning behind them. And Bowman has definitely learned behind Robinson. I feel like he's done a very good job as a fellow North Carolinian. And I think Robinson will continue to have that fire push him. And I thought the only good things can come from it, and I just wish I saw that same passion out of other guys because that passion is what drives a lot of that extra work, that extra fine-tuning to make the jumps like Robinson did from last year as a good freshman, putting in double digits a game to being fourth in the ACC in scoring. Yeah, I mean, you can only really hope that this, uh, that this passion can lend itself to the rest of the team um, and then they can get a win to... to close out this year i mean they're 2 and 11 in conference um just a couple stats for you uh they average 73.2 points per game that's 187th in the nation uh they average 35.5 rebounds per game that's 212th in the nation and they allow 76.3 points per game that is 274th in the nation these are just not winning numbers simply they're just not uh and the stretch you have coming up you have notre dame at home uh, on valentine's day this week and then uh, six days later, you're at Florida State, who lost Notre Dame tonight, uh, 84-72. Notre Dame's a very good team. They're both very good teams. Uh, Notre Dame is a super mature team. Uh, they're going to come in here, and, and they will not be one bit scared of a road game or uh, you know a young team. I, I don't see that. I think. I mean, I almost look at that as like a Virginia type game. Like it's just it's the win's just not going to happen there. And Florida State at Florida State. I mean, that's a super talented team. Can't expect it to come there. We have Virginia Tech at home uh, two weeks from today. Play them tough at Virginia Tech. Yeah, so you know maybe you play well there, but then you're at Notre Dame, and then you close out the season at Clemson. So, you know, I mean, I I'd, my goal for this team two weeks ago was win 
three more conference games in that span. Uh, they Pittsburgh. have they've lost three. They they lost to Louisville, Pitt, and and Georgia Tech tonight. So I guess the goal is to just win another game, uh, you know, and and carry some momentum into next year. But even if they're playing better, the ACC is just a relentless schedule. I mean, it's tough to get that win if even if you're trying to get it. Yeah, the ACC it's it's the best basketball uh, conference in America. There's I don't think there's anyone who will can really argue that when you look at who's in here. And when you look at the NCAA tournament last year, the entire Elite Eight of the right side of the bracket was ACC schools. Yeah. I mean, right now... That's never happened right in now, any conference. Right now, in bracketology, there's three ACC teams that are two seeds. Yeah. Three, three of the four are two seeds. You're, uh, you're so. talking 10, 11, even possibly 12 things right, right, right for the ACC, which is doubtful. But even having 12 teams in consideration for possibly making the tournament is an incredible number out of 64 schools. Yeah. And it's, it's like playing the SEC in football or the Big Ten in football right now. You need to really get all the talent working together and really playing the perfect game to beat some of the best teams. And even some of the mid-tier teams are still extraordinarily talented, well-coached teams. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it, <laughs> it's beyond just uh, the ACC. I mean, there's, there's good... There's good schools uh, throughout the country, and, and BC's lost to some of them this year. Um, you know, we're not even talking about you know Power Five and, and Big East. Uh, you know, they they did beat. Um, and even the A10's very good basketball. A10's a very good conference as well, and and they have not played anyone from the A. Well, they played Richmond and, and lost in that game. Richmond's having a, a pretty decent year uh, towards the top of of the A10. Uh, I believe they're they're in second or second or third place right now. Um, but yeah, really just. Just not not a good loss. So, um, you know, Kyle, I'll pose this last question to you. It's a home-and-home home with Notre Dame at Florida State, at Clemson, and at Virginia Tech. They're the remaining five games, not in that order, but they're the remaining five games. If BC gets a win, uh, where is it? And, you know, can that propel them to maybe a first-round win in the ACC tournament? I think the win you have to look at is Virginia Tech at home because yeah. it's a weekend game. It's at home. Chapman had a very good game against Virginia Tech, and it was a close game against Virginia Tech. They played him very competitively, very tough. So I just think they come up with the same energy, saying, look, we played him close before. We just let it slip. Let's come out now at our home. Because everyone plays worse on the road. Especially this team. This team has struggled. I mean, they haven't won a road game all year. Exactly. And then if you're looking at their schools, I mean, Notre Dame, tremendously coached and tremendous experience. They've had runs in the NCAA tournament the last two or three years. The Elite Eight, two straight years. They all, everyone on the Notre Dame team knows what it takes to win. Oh, yeah, very and good team. And so I, do, I don't see either of those coming through, especially when you no, consider I, I agree. that it's the Holy War. Like, even though BC is not necessarily on the same level right now, it's there's a lot of excitement around the BC Notre sure, Dame Sure, yeah. And I just feel like Notre Dame will feed off that and use that to propel them. I think like the other way where it could come, it could, be, it could come at Clemson. Clemson's a good team, but they're not they're not an unbeatable team. They're they're like a bubble they're a bubble um, tournament team kind of similar to Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean they're 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 very similar to Georgia Tech. And BC came out very strong start and just fell apart late, but I wouldn't put money on BC being Clemson at Clemson, but it's definitely a plausible win. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and then the ACC tournament. Begins March 7th at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Fantastic arena. BC uh, definitely is going to be one of those bottom four teams unless, you know, some miracle happens right now. And you hope that 
they can get a win in the tournament like the team did two years ago. Uh, that team only won, I believe, three games in conference, but won a first-round game against Georgia Tech to get to the second round of the ACC tournament. So, uh, yeah, a tough one, a tough loss for this team. Uh, it's going to probably be another tough week. You know, Notre Dame and Florida State, uh, it's not easy. But you really got to hope that uh, one of these days, one of these days, Jerome Robinson's going to have his quintessential good game, which he's had all season. Kai Bowman plays well, and then someone else steps up. I think if you have good games from Bowman and Robinson uh, and a really solid game from someone else. Turner Chapman. Yeah, Turner, Turner Chapman, I mean, it's tough to picture it from Mesniex or Sagay, even though they're getting more time now. I, I can't and imagine. It's, it's tough to see more than 10 points. Yeah, from exactly. Yeah, uh, I think it's tough to see 10 points coming from any of those four guys. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be, you know, maybe a good three-point shooting night for Turner. Um, and, and that's where the win comes. But uh, it's a young team. It's a team that I know we believe in. And we're just going to have to kind of see how they carry out the rest of the season because the AC schedule is relentless. And, uh, you know, you come in and have an off night and have off half, an off half of a half, you're going you're gonna to lose that game. The Wake Forest game, they hit a bad seven minutes. Yeah. And that's what was the difference in the game. Yep, yeah. Uh, so tough one tonight. But uh, the takeaways are proud to see Jerome Robinson play well. He really carried the team all night. And have that heart, that have desire the heart. and the want. Yeah. Um, that's really kind of our takeaways. So we, we wish the team um, just kind of the best going forward. Five games left and then the ACC tournament. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll provide a little spark. I mean, as we know, the, the, the BC football team had a tough kind of first three quarters of the year, one three straight, including a bowl game. And there's some really fun momentum going into next year. So that's kind of really all we can really hope for. Um, but but that, that is it. So BC loses 65-54 to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And their next game is home versus Notre Dame on Valentine's Day, 7 o'clock. You can hear the call on WZBC. It'll be on our FM station here at Boston College. Check out all of our content at WZBCSports.com and the WZBC Sports Podcast on iTunes under WZBC Sports Radio. For Kyle Maslin, my name is Stephen Mackley. We'll see you next time on the WZBC Sports Podcast. Santini, make a nice little pass over to Stanford. Stanford gives it to Tuck. Tuck the shot! Oh! Catch all the excitement of Boston College Athletics right here on WZBC Newton 90.3 FM. As BC's only student radio broadcasting organization, WZBC Sports brings a different viewpoint of college athletics to the table. Our student commentators know the campus, student-athlete culture, and latest beat on the teams like no other media outlet, thanks to our dedicated coverage of Boston College sports. Check out our broadcast or weekly talk show schedules at www.wzbcsports.com and get a refreshing take on sporting events at the heights and beyond.